Hello. My name is Gavin. Um, one thing that you need to know about me before we start is I love stories. I love telling stories and I'm fascinated about what makes them work, how, what makes them good? What is a good story consisted of? And every story ever has five key components. It has your characters, who's in the story, the setting, where does the story exactly take place, a conflict, what goes wrong in the story, raising of the stakes, which means how does the worse go even to more worse, <laughs> and the resolution, how does the story end? Without these five things, you have a boring story. Think of a movie, any movie that you're, what's your favorite movie? And then identify those five things in that movie. Over quarantine, we've had a lot of time to just do whatever, and I have sincerely been doing whatever. Um, I've always been a big, I'm about to nerd out on you, so I apologize. <laughs> But I've always been a big fan of Star Wars, and through quarantine, I've had a lot of time to dive into the actual story of Star Wars. Um, it's it's a lovely story. It's strange. It's a fantasy story about rebellion, uh, conflict, and hope, and I love it. It's really good. I'm sure you've all seen the original three Star Wars movies: um, A New Hope. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Revenge of the or Empire Strikes Back. Cool and Return of the Jedi. Hope I said those right, or else that'd be embarrassing. And we don't want to be embarrassed here. Uh, <laughs> after that, those three, those are the core. That's where Star Wars entered the world. We have a story about Luke Skywalker, who become, who's a nobody, who goes from a farmer boy to becoming a Jedi warrior, who goes on to save his sister and the entire galaxy from the evil clutches of Darth Vader. A couple years later, we get some, some more Star Wars movies. We get the prequels, which were awesome. I like the prequels. Don't care what you say. The new ones, which were, they were part of the story. So that's cool. Um, I'm sure we've, a lot of us have seen, like I said, a lot of us have seen the Star Wars movies. But some of my favorite Star Wars moments are not from the movies. Uh, there's a lot of comics out there. There's a lot of TV shows out there. And some of my favorite characters are from the comics and the TV shows. They are so complex, these characters that, this, that George Lucas and his people have created. And we, I don't know, it's just something great about it. Like Darth Maul, some one of the coolest characters in my opinion, shows up in the movie for like 10 minutes, but he's such a complicated character and we would never know unless we'd look. Um, why would I bring up Star Wars? We're in church. What are you doing, Gavin? Um, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> There's so much more to this universe than when we first, th th if you dive in, than what meets the eye. You get your Hollywood movies, cool. You go home, think about it, talk about it with your friends, cool. If you dive in, you won't really get to experience the entire story. Each movie, let's go back to the movies, develop on the overall story as well, and along with the TV shows. First ever Star Wars movie, we get Luke Skywalker, like I said. Random nobody. Princess Leia sends, sends Obi-Wan Kenobi, this mysterious figure, a message from her spaceship. Luke Skywalker's like, oh, we need to save her. She's in trouble. Obi-Wan is like, all right, let's do it. Characters, Obi-Wan, Princess Leia, and Luke Skywalker. Setting, space. It's called Star Wars. They're in space. <laughs> a long, long time ago. Conflict, Princess Leia's in trouble. She needs help. So Luke and Obi-Wan get a few pilots, Han Solo and o uh, Chewbacca, and they go on their way, and they're like, let's save this princess. Raising of the stakes, that's no moon. 
they find this giant space station that's designed to destroy entire worlds. Uh-oh, that's not very good. Resolution of that movie, they blow it up. All fun and dandy, they get their rewards, and they all go home. Cool, end of the story. Perfect wrap-up to a good movie. Next movie comes out, the story expands. There's more to it. The movie after that, it expands even more. Cool, round it off. Three movies right there of Rebellion, Hope, and Jedi in the Force. <laughs> and then sequels, it expands even more. The new ones, it expands even more. And then these stories that I was talking about, the comics and the TV shows, are little stories, into things that expand on the overall story. Why am I telling you this? We're going back to that question. Why? Why? What's the point? We give all these people so much credit. We give all these directors and these Oscar-worthy people so much credit for making movies like Star Wars, uh, the Marvel franchise. Uh, I don't know. Name your favorite movie, like I said. Why do we give these people so much praise? And I, deserve, and I believe that they deserve that. These, they're smart people. They've come up with these fantastic stories. But why is it that we're like, oh, you are so smart, you are so creative, you're so good, here's all this rewards and all this money, but then we turn around and we're like, God, why is this happening to us? What if I told you that you were in the best movie ever right now? I know, it's pretty insane. <laughs> but you are. Who are the characters? Who are the characters in your life? My movie, my characters, my family, my family, my friends, people I come in contact with every single day. Setting, Florida, um, soon to be Nebraska, I'm going to college soon, that's pretty cool. Um, conflict, there's conflicts all the time. There's so much major plot points in every single one of our lives. Um, for me, my first conflict, I think, when I was in eighth grade, I know, eighth grade sucks. I apologize if you had a bad eighth grade too. Um, eighth grade was the year where I was kind of like, hey, my family are kind of like human and they're not that great. <laughs> not saying that my family aren't great, but they're human. Same like you and me. We are not that great. We're human. We make mistakes. At that point in my life, there was so much questioning and stuff like that. On top of that, girls were kind of cool at that time. You know, they still are kind of cool. <laughs> um, the first girl I ever talked to was in eighth grade and she was not that great. She was a very interesting character. I was not very good at talking to girls at the time. So I, and she knew this, so she would kind of abuse that power in a sense where she would be like, oh, I like that. That was good. And she would like reward me in some sort and then be like, uh, no, I didn't like what you did. And then punish in, a, in another sense. Now it's not, not here to tell you my sob story. I'm here to tell you about why I follow Jesus. By the way, I'm telling you why I follow Jesus. I didn't think I mentioned that before. <laughs> um, but this whole back and forth on top of me being like, whoa, people are people and they're not perfect was kind of strange. And that's when I started opening up my eyes and seeing like, whoa, there's a lot of bad in this world, not just the bubble that fleece or whatever education, Christian education you go to has created for me. Um, so that was weird. There was a lot of questioning like, God, are you real? Who am I even talking to? Why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen? And I, yeah, at that time, I was like, yeah, there's no God. My eighth grade little mind was like, yep, that's it. We're done. All right. It's been good. Whoever you are, mysterious person that doesn't exist. All right. I'll see you later. Luckily, um, a man named Mark Reams hunted my parents down and told them, hey, I have this thing going on called Mountaintop. I want your son to go. Um, of course, I was like, no, I don't want to. But they went behind my back and forced me to go. And I'm actually very happy they did. Uh, like I said, 
we're in a story that's being written. If that didn't happen, I honestly don't know where I would be. Not here, that's for sure. Um, but through this experience of going to a mountaintop with all these other people who are either questioning as well or being like, yeah, God is real. And I truly believe that. It was a very eye-opening experience to being like, whoa, <laughs> he lets this happen because he's telling a story. He does not make these things happen. That's a very common misconception. Uh, misconception that a lot of people have. I have discussions like, why does he do these things? He's not doing these things. We live in a sinful world. That is part of the overall story of humanity. Characters, all of us, setting, planet Earth, moon, maybe Mars, I don't know. What's the conflict of this whole story? Well, there's a place called Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, they're frolicking, doing whatever they did. I'm not too sure. Uh, (laughs) They were tending to the garden when one day, Eve is walking past the tree of life, the one place that God told her not to eat the fruit from. While she's walking past this dude named Satan or Lucifer, uh, like I, I don't, which era, Lucifer, Satan, you know, same person. He was like, hey, he was disguised as a snake and saying, hey, you want the powers of God? She was like, that sounds kind of cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so she, Satan was like, you should, all you need to do is eat this apple. Why do you think God doesn't want you to eat it? He, he's scared that you will destroy him once you have his powers. Um, she was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's have the powers of God. Let's do this thing. Took a bite, gave an apple to her husband. Boom. Sin is introduced into this world. We are now born into sin and it is now human nature to sin. Conflict, like I said. Raising of the stakes. What is the raising of the stakes in all this? We have a pretty big conflict. Well, it happens all the time. What is Every single day, the stakes are raised, whether it's another world war, um, another war in general, uh, social injustice, all this stuff. These are all raising of the stakes. What is the resolution? Thankfully, we already know the resolution. We know that God is going to come back and take us home. He's going to take us home, and that is the resolution, and that is what we need to look forward to. But I go back to my question that people often ask, why does he let these things happen? Go back to your favorite movie. Um, For me, I know I was on Star Wars for a little bit, um, so we'll continue with that. If you look at the character of Luke Skywalker again, and we see the development that he went, farmer to Jedi, simple cut, right? But if we look at how he got to being the Jedi master that we knew him and know him today as, Farmer boy, cool, finds Obi-Wan to train him as a Jedi Master. Awesome, cool. His Jedi Master dies. Oh, no. Um, Next movie rolls around. Your training's not done. Go visit Master Yoda. Okay, I'll do that. Goes to Master Yoda, starts training with him, gets a vision that his friends are in trouble. I need to save them, okay? Master Yoda's like, if you leave, you're in serious trouble. You're not ready to leave. You're not ready to fight. Luke's like, ah, my friends are in trouble, whatever, you know? Goes there. Sorry, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Star Wars. He finds out that the big guy that we've been running from this whole time is his father. What? That's insane. Uh, next movie rolls around. He gets his hand cut off in that movie. And then the next movie comes around. Um, he goes to save his friends again because he didn't do it 100%. He did like 50%. He saved two of them out of three. So he's halfway there. Uh, <laughs> but he goes to save the last half. And we see that he has become a full Jedi master but his story is not done. He goes and confronts the emperor, the man who his father is now working for. It's insane, I know, but try to keep your heads on. 
Darth Vader, the man who he'd been running from, is like, he's my son. I can't let this happen to him. Picks up the Emperor and throws him to his doom. Wow. Now that is a character arc. But that's so much more. When you think of it in that sense of farmer to Jedi, there's no way that we can do that without all of this conflict and all of this story that's going on. Now go back to your favorite movie, like I keep saying to do. Think of the conflict of that movie. Now remove it. <laughs> Honestly, if movies would not be the same if they had no conflict. Think of how boring the movie Indiana Jones would be if he went to the temple, found the idol, and went home. It'd be a boring movie. There's no conflict, no nothing that he has to run from, nothing that he has to retrieve back. No story is like, I woke up, went to the store, bought some food, uh, <laughs> ate it, came back home, and then I went to sleep. That is a boring day, and I'm sure we've all had days like that. But even in days like that, there are still conflicts that we have. That guy cut me off in traffic. How do I deal with this? Oh, my mom's not calling me, or my mom is calling me too much. <laughs> How do I handle that? Oh, my friend's not texting me back. How do I handle that? These mini conflicts are what, what develop us. Now think of you. Think of, I can know from when I was in eighth grade, from me being like God is not real to now literally speaking to you, there's some intense character development there. Think of your character development. Who were you five years ago and how are you different now? Are you for the better or for the worse? Either way, there has to be a conflict for you to get there. Now, let's take this back to the bigger picture. Why does God let these bad things happen to us? Why does he let these bad things happen to us? If God can see everything, why did he create Lucifer in the first place? All these really good questions that I still really don't know the answer to, and I'm sure nobody really does. But what I assume... And what I know is that we would not know the true character of God if it wasn't for these conflicts. He would be this big being in the sky who created everything. Cool. Without conflict, we wouldn't know that he's a compassionate God. We wouldn't know that he's a loving God. We wouldn't know that he is an awesome God, a radical God. He is a reckless God. All these things we would never know if the fall never happened and if these raising of the stakes never happened. Now, Gavin, you've been talking for a long time. Where's the Bible in all this? Well, look at the Bible just in general. There's all of these stories across. Your Bible, favorite Bible character, mine's Joseph. I think he's a cool dude. That's the reason is because when you know the end of that story, it makes the entire story better, in my opinion. Um, Adam and Eve, Joseph, Moses, all these people. Jesus, across the entire span of the Bible, we have all these major characters that are just so complex that we brush over and we learn about in Sabbath school. Um, I remember going back and reading some of these stories from when I was really young and, uh, there's a lot of information that just went over my head the first time because we sometimes, we often forget that these people aren't just characters in a book. They were actually people. They have human nature aspects to it. Uh, think for example, Samson, Samson's a pretty cool dude. He was big and strong and his hair was long. Awesome. But Samson had, was such a complicated character. Think of all of these radical things that he did, that he killed thousands of men with just like a sheep's jaw or like tearing the doors off of a giant city, losing everything. The reason why he did that wasn't for the glory of God. Each of those things he did because of a woman, Samson was a very, very complicated man. The end result, his greatest achievement in my opinion is at the end when he has nothing left, his eyes are gone, his hair is gone. He loses everything to Delilah because he feels like he loves her, but she's just playing him. 
at the end of it all, they're ridiculing him, spitting on him, throwing stuff at him, calling him names. He is at his end. He's like, Lord, I don't know. Uh, Give me my strength back. And he does. And he takes out all the bad people. It's a pretty complicated story and a pretty intense one too. Major characters, complicated characters, right at our fingertips. Literally all of this stuff I'm reading here every single morning, every single day, whether it's in church or whatever. You have your paper Bibles too. I'm sure you have a Bible lying around somewhere. It might be dusty. It might not be, but open it. Read one of your, go back to who you think your favorite Bible character is and read about them. Complicated characters and think about how would you react in that situation. You could see the character development in Samson alone from being all about women to God, I have nothing left. Please give me my strength back. Complicated, fantastic, amazing. But this movie is fantastic as well. The one that we are in because it is super complicated. Think about this. Every character that you walk past, every side character in your movie, whether it be your friends, uh, I spent the night at a friend's house last night. Cool, awesome. My side character, he was in that scene of the movie. His story, he has one. It's just as complicated, if not more. There's no way for me to know. I've known that person since for five years now. There's no way that you can tell. Think of it even deeper, someone you hold the door open for at Publix or at Walmart or something, wherever you're going. That person has their own story. Someone you're cut off in traffic because you're mad at them. Someone you, I don't know, every single person you come in contact, that you see, that you bump into in a crowded thing, that picks your pocket, I don't know. They all have their own complicated stories that are just as weird, if not more weird and fantastic than your own. And that is insane. Now, if we go back to the Bible and look at all these side characters, we've been talking about Samson. I like Samson. He's cool. But let's go to Samson's mother. We don't know her name, but she, one day she was just doing her business and a man from the Lord, an angel came and was like, Hey, you're barren. You can't have kids, but I want to give you a son that will help Israelites or whoever. I'm sorry. I was not too familiar with that, but help the nation that they were with that they were under. They were being oppressed by some uh, vague memory. I apologize. But I want this person to be the hero of this story. And she goes, okay, cool. Let me tell my husband. And that's all we really know about her. But to be able to risk everything. And also the angel, I didn't say this, but the angel gave her a ton of rules that are weird. Um, I know for a fact, my mom would have just cut off the line at, please cut his, don't cut his hair. She's telling me now, she's like, Gavin, quarantine's not been good. You need to cut your hair. I'm like, mom. The Lord told Samson's mom, and she's like, don't pull that, (laughs) which I shouldn't. Um, But she's like, don't let him touch dead things. Don't cut his hair. Don't put a razor to his face at all. So I assume he was a very scruggly dude. Uh, My beard gets patchy. Uh, Hopefully he had a full one so he didn't look half bad. (laughs) And um, don't let him drink. Don't let him drink wine. Half those things my mom asked me to do. She doesn't ask me to drink wine. Let me get that clear. She asked, she's like, cut your hair, cut your face. You got to do this thing. Uh, Shave your beard, all this stuff. Uh, Gavin, that cockroach died. Can you please pick it up? I don't like to see that here. Okay. But she was like, Lord, I trust you and all this stuff. I trust that you have a plan, that you have a message, that you have something that you need to be done. And I will be the carrier of this hero. Complicated, 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 complicated. She has her own story. She has a name. We don't know it. We don't know the rest of her story, but that was important to Samson's story. Now think of something that's important to your own story. 
I hear all the time, people are like, oh, um, I was thinking, you hear stories a lot in like school and like assemblies, maybe at church sometimes. Like I was on the verge of suicide, but then I went to the supermarket and someone smiled at me and I knew that it was all right and that I was going to be okay. What? That's insane. That's crazy. Think of it. You could be that person who just smiled at someone changing the course of their story. Most likely that person didn't even talk to the other person that they affected that much. We, we don't even know if sometimes like they're like, yeah, it was just a random person at school or whatever. We don't know these things. And that person has their own story. It's something insignificant of like you holding the door open for someone that affects and creates a new alternative for that person's story. That's insane. That's complicated. And that is the work of a master artist. It is literally a second person story that you are in and it is the best movie of all time. Now, going back to the Bible, how, where does it say this? Gavin, this is all things that you're just assuming, right? No, God says these things. Um, if you're following on your Bible, I don't know why I haven't said anything about the Bible yet, but follow along. Um, John 15 verse 16 says, you did not choose me. This is Jesus speaking. These are written in red. So you know, they're important. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my father's name, in my name, the father will give you. He says it right there. You are the main character. You did not choose me. I chose you for this part of the story. I chose you. Master artist came down and was like, Hey, you're the main character, buddy. That's pretty cool. Uh, next verse. Let's do this thing. Proverbs 16, verse nine. In their hearts, human plan their courses. I do this a lot, <laughs> but the Lord has already established their steps. It's written. Your plan is already set and done. He knows that your story is going to be fantastic because he is writing it. Last verse. You all know this one. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He says it right there. Is your story going to be, I don't know. What's your story going to be? What's my story going to be? Am I going to be in a romantic comedy? I don't know. Let's hope not. Those kind of are weird. I don't like them too much, but you know, if you, if it is, you know, it's going to be the best one out there. <laughs> is it going to be an action adventure? That'd be cool. Is it going to be just a drama? Probably. Is it going to be a comedy? I'm not too sure. Is it going to be a tragedy? I'm not, I don't know. We don't know the end of our own stories, but we do know the end of the story. I'm going to leave you with this for every story and every person you come in contact with, they have a story. You have a story that is currently being written and the author knows exactly how it's going to end. And he's done something pretty crazy that he tells you how it's going to end as well. Just know right now you might be in a raising of the stakes moment, or you might be in a conflict moment, or you might just be in a setting moment, a new setting. Sometimes the settings are characters. You might be in a new character. There might be a new, you might be moving to a new place and all these people who you don't even know are like, hey, what's up? I'm a new character in your life. There's your setting and character brand new there. Whatever you're going through, know that the end result is going to be worth it. Joseph was in prison for seven to 10 years. And in a matter of, after those 10 years, in a matter of like an hour, he was the second most powerful person in the world. Think about that. God bless.